Thanks for listening to the Courageous Church Podcast. We want you to know that wherever you are, God is with you. We hope this message leaves you feeling loved, encouraged, and courageous. We thank you for tuning in. Courageous Church, courageous people. And now, here's today's message. I'm preaching a one-off today, and I'll tell you why. We're going to start our mental health series called uh, Rehab in the month of July. But because we have Father's Day next week, I thought I I didn't want to break up this mental health series. I want to be able to hit you back to back to back to back with the same subject. And so I thought the wiser thing would be to hold off on that until we get till July. And so make sure you come ready for July. I'm bringing in the professionals, y'all. Listen, we're going to really, really, it's going to be awesome. You're going to get some free therapy and all kinds of stuff as you come to church in July. We're going to make sure that your mental peace is where it needs to be in Jesus' name. Because God cares not just about your soul, but he also cares about your mental peace. Amen? And so let's go to Mark chapter number 8. I just feel like preaching today, and so I just want to push somebody in the area of purpose. And so let's go into the book of Mark chapter 8. I'm going to read read four verses to you. Can I get four verses before we get into this thing? And I just believe that if you feel like receiving like I feel like preaching, God might do something special in your heart today. Amen? Let's get it. Let's get it. Mark chapter 8. I'm reading in the NIV version. It says, They came to Bethesda, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. Huh. Led him outside of the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? Verse 24, he looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened and his sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. Somebody say clearly. Say it like you got the Holy Ghost clearly. Come on, say it like you got some power clearly. And Jesus sent him home saying, don't even go into the village. Today, I want to go back up into this 23rd verse and take the one thing that Jesus said in this entire miracle Jesus's voice is in red here and he asked the man the question do you see anything so the name of my message today for everyone that came to church is do you see anything father activate this word today move Holy Ghost show up in this room Move online as people are watching. I thank you that you have the power to shift, change, regenerate. God, uh, I thank you that you have the power to transform. And I thank you that your word has power over darkness and over the authorities of the enemy and over every principality. Father, I pray for an open heaven over the top of this church right now, Father. I thank you that there's an open heaven over the house where people are watching online from, Father. Wherever they're watching or listening from, I pray that an open heaven would be there so that they might receive the download from heaven that you have from them to earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sheesh. I feel like preaching. So, so let's get into this message. This is an awesome miracle by Jesus. Uh, I love Jesus because Jesus is what it's all about. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father except through the Son, Jesus. Jesus is the only begotten Son. Jesus is the Son that God turned his back on because as he was hanging on the cross, he was wearing my sin and your sin. He was a spotless lamb. He was a sinless man man. He was someone who did nothing wrong, but yet he bore the weight of sin and the penalty for sin on his back as he was beaten and hung from a cross and bled his life out. And he hung there and he was put in a tomb and they thought that he was going to be there forever, but the man rose from the dead. And, and when he got up from the grave, he got up with all power and authority in his hands and he cheated death and he cheated the enemy's plan and the enemy thought that he had him, but he didn't. And, 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 and so, so, so this starts uh, an incredible uh, journey that we've been on for over 2,000 years worshiping this man who's not dead, but he's alive. As a matter of fact, he's so alive that he's ascended back to the right hand of the Father where he sits there ever making intercession on your behalf. I need you to understand that if nobody else is praying for you, know that Jesus is praying for you daily. Oh, 
Jesus is praying for you if nobody else is praying for you. If everybody else forgets to pray for you, just know that Jesus is making intercession for you. He's making intercession for your family. He's making intercession for your kids. He's making intercession for everything that you're a part of because he cares about what you care about. Jesus loves you. Somebody say amen. And here Jesus is, he's come on the scene, and he's entered into a city called Bethesda. Somebody say Bethesda. Oh, you sound like good Greek and Hebrew scholars today. Somebody say Bethesda again. Yeah, Bethesda is a great place because we hear Bethesda talked about quite a few times in the scripture, and Bethesda's actually mentioned as uh, uh, in some interesting places. Bethesda's like north of the Sea of Galilee. So if you're looking at the Sea of Galilee where a lot of things happen in the Bible, Bethesda is north, and Bethesda is in a dry land. The region is dry, and so Bethesda's an interesting spot because Bethesda is also the place where the man was laying for 38 years at the pool of Bethesda. You know the pool of Bethesda. It has five different porches. I told y'all I feel like preaching today. It has five different porches and there, this is where the lame man was there for 38 years and he sat there with other lame people and he would wait until the angel stirred the waters so they could come down into the waters and the Bible says that if you were the first one to touch the waters when it was stirred, then you would be made whole but the lame man had no strength and he had no energy to get up and he had no one to take him down to the water so he made excuse after excuse for 38 years why he could not be healed and then Jesus shows up to the pool of Bethesda I call it the pool party from heaven and he shows up and he challenges the man and he asks the man a question will you be made whole and the man makes excuses and Jesus tells the man rise up pick up your mat and walk this is the same Bethesda and so Bethesda is interesting because also Bethesda is the birthplace of Peter Andrew and Philip. These are three of the top disciples in the, old, in, in the New Testament. Peter is a bad mamma jamma because Peter was the first one to preach the inaugural sermon after being filled with the Holy Ghost. You know Peter. Peter was the one that would walk and his shadow would cast out spirits. Peter was a bad man. Peter was the one who denied Jesus three times, but yet God redeemed him three times and said, feed my lambs, feed my sheep, feed my lambs at the end of John chapter number 21. For all my Bible scholars in the room, Peter was a bad dude, and these were some bad guys, and this is where they found themselves. This is why they were on the Sea of Galilee, because it's just north of where this region was, and this is where Jesus walks on the scene with the gangster lean and says, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Galilee is an interesting place. Bethesda is where this miracle happens, and today I want to talk a little bit about it, because this is even, let me tell you even too, there's Two miles or so away from Bethesda, two miles was it, so two miles east of Bethesda is also where the feeding of the 5,000 happened. I did a little research, and so there's a lot of miracles happening around Bethesda, and I just believe that today, Courageous Church is going to be like a spiritual Bethesda today, and I believe that if you lean in, whatever you need from God today, God is going to provide for you as you lean in. Come on, this is a place of miracles today. This is, uh, uh, this is the season of miracles. I just believe that we're in a, they say we're in a serious time in our, in, our, in our economy right now. They say we should be afraid and saving everything that we have right now. They say we should be buying toilet paper and everything else and doing everything that we need to. They say that the prices of gas are going to stay up as long as they are. They say a lot of things are happening in our country, but I believe that we are in a season where we are in a place where God is going to perform miracles for his children. Oh my goodness. I just believe that your children will not lack for any Thing because I believe in the scripture where it says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. I just believe this is going to be a season of faith and provision for you, and you, I, you better receive this. I feel something on me today. I believe this is going to be a season where you're going to have everything that you need, and God is going to make sure that he's going to provide those needs, and he's going to get the glory for taking you through the season of famine. Oh, my goodness gracious, do you see anything? And so here we are, Jesus is here with this man, and this man is blind. This man lacks vision. Can you give me that bag, please, Jaden? This man lacks vision. He can't see with his natural eyes. Thank you, princess. He can't see with his natural eyes. And so 
so, so he's brought to Jesus by some friends because he, he can't see. He, he lacks vision. He can't see. And so that's a problem when you can't see because when you can't see, you, you need some things to help you to be able to see. And so, so Jesus is, is here and he's trying to perform a miracle for this man. And some things happen strategically that I think are important. But before we get to those things, I don't want you to just focus on the vision, on the lack of vision of the man. Today, I really want to talk about you having a lack of vision for your own life. Mm, can't say amen, say ouch. Because I don't, I, I don't care how old you are. I don't care how, if you're in this room or if you're watching this message online or watching the replay on YouTube or listening to the podcast, however you find Courageous Church, I just believe that you're listening today because God has placed some kind of vision inside of you for your life. And I believe that the vision that he's placed inside of you is bigger than what you expect for your own self. I believe that the vision that he put inside of you has absolutely nothing to do with your surroundings and the environment you were raised in and the people that helped raise you. I believe that the vision that he placed inside of you is absolutely downloaded from heaven down to earth, and I believe that he puts you here for a reason, not just to suck up sunshine and sit under palm trees in Tampa. I believe that God placed you here. Ooh, I believe God placed you here for such a time as this because he's got something special for you to do. I tell people all the time, if God made me with his hands, that means he's got some for me, something for me to do with my hands. And I need you to understand that if God made you and crafted you in his likeness and his image in Genesis 1 and 26 and Genesis 2 and 6 and 7, I need you to understand that he's got something special for you to do with yours, and that requires vision. Somebody say vision. Vision talks because when you have vision, you can see clearly. When you have vision, you can see things that you can't see without it. And, and so today, I just want to spend a little time talking about vision. And, and I hope this looks silly to you because they're oversized and they're really big. But I just believe this is that exceedingly, abundantly, above all thing that God is trying to get to you today. And I had my team go out and try to find glasses yesterday, and they could only find these big pink ones. And I said, you know what? We're going to make those work because I just believe that the size of these glasses match the size of the vision that God has placed inside of every single one. Sheesh. I just believe that God has done something on the inside of you that you're not even aware of. And when you discover it, you're going to realize that what God has created you for is so much bigger and so much better than what you could have expected because whatever you can dream of, God can go beyond that. The Bible says that he can bless you above what you could imagine. Oh, my goodness. So that means whatever you can imagine that's big for you, whatever vision you have for your life or for whatever it is that you're a part of, the Bible says that God can exceed that the minute you think about it. My goodness gracious. I believe God wants some people blessed. But he needs you to be blessed by walking in the vision by which he's created you for. So let's talk a little bit about this. Listen to this. This is what vision does. Vision brings clarity, direction, timing, and pace. Clarity, because you need to understand your vision clearly. Direction, because you need to know which direction to go once he tells you your vision. Timing, because you need to know exactly when to walk in your vision. And pace, because you don't need to be in a rush because you could mess up your vision if you get there too fast or if you move too slow. This is what vision does for your life. And so I just want to talk a little bit about what vision does. And so let's talk a little bit about this because this man lacked this man lacked natural vision, but I believe some of us are, 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 are spiritually uh, uh, lacking vision. We're spiritually blind, and we're walking around aimlessly in life, and it's the reason that we don't have the motivation that we need to be able to get up and move through life the way that we should because we haven't taken a hold of the vision by which God has created us for because when you have vision, it ignites you in a different kind of way. Oh, my goodness. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Ain't nothing like a fresh vision that God downloads inside of you, and, man, you, you get up. Anybody saw a vision like that before? You're up to 2 in the morning looking online, searching stuff up, looking for things. God's 
speaks a city to you. I know, I don't know about you, but when God spoke Tampa into my spirit, I started looking up everything. Let me look at the medium income over in this area. Let me check out this region of the city. Well, should we move here? Well, what are the schools like over there? Because vision moves you. Vision gets you going. Vision gets you excited. Vision moves you into stuff without coffee. Vision moves you into things without Red Bull. Vision will keep you up and move you in and push you forward and get you out when you need to move. Vision does something that motivates you beyond other things. And so when you get a vision from God, it's a beautiful thing. So this is my first point is you need vision and vision comes from God. This right here is so big that it has to come from God. If you have a vision that is outside of God downloading it to you, it's not a true vision because what you can see with your natural eyes is not big enough for what God created you for. I'm pushing somebody in this room today. I really am. I'm trying to get you to get out of your small thinking about yourself, your small thinking about the purpose by which you were, lit, by, by which you were born. And, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. And some of you have succumbed to other things that are not a part of the vision that God has placed on your life because you have yet to, you have yet to grab hold of the vision by which God has created you for. And God sent me here today to use this bullpit pulley, this bullpit, uh, this, 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 this pulpit, this bully pulpit, amen. God sent me to use this bully pulpit to push some of you today to help you to understand that he put something inside of you that is big and his vision has to come forward in your life and you can't get vision from anybody else or anything else but God. Listen to this verse, Psalms chapter one. This is my favorite. Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, is in the law, and in it he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water who brings forth fruit in its season. This is what you want for your life. Did you see that first part? All of my people in the room, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So it matters who you process your vision with. Ooh. Can I ask you a question? Who do you process vision with? Who do you talk to about your future? Who are you allowing? What voices are you entertaining as it relates to what you're called to do in life? Because who you're listening to will determine how far you go, will determine whether you really see what you need to see. And if you're talking to people who don't have vision from God for themselves, they'll never help you to see the vision for God for you. Oh, let me hit my single people in the room. Single people, make some noise. They're like, oh, Pastor, I don't want to be single, though. I'm just... Well, I'm going to tell you, you need to stay single until you find somebody with some vision. Because if you get with somebody who doesn't have vision, let me tell you, ladies, never marry a man who can't tell you a five-year plan for his life. If you're single, ladies, and you're, and you're dating, don't marry a man who can't tell you a five-year plan for his life. Because if he doesn't know where he's going, how's he going to tell you where you're going? How's he going to lead you as a husband? How's he going to have vision for you and this family if he doesn't have vision for himself? Men, don't you mess around and marry a lady who doesn't have vision. She will leech on you and grab a hold of you, and it'll be all you, and she'll turn you into a god versus having a vision for her own self. You see, I believe when two people come together and they have a vision from God, it comes together and, it, and, and God pulls them together and they now can come together to accomplish the vision by which God has created them both for. And when that happens, something special happens in the earth because when two or more come together in my name, something incredible happens. There is power on that relationship. There is authority on that relationship. The Spirit of God rests upon that relationship because it represents God. You need vision. And you need vision from God. And so you got to be careful because people who have no vision will never be able to help you find yours. This is so important for you to understand. The man was healed. The man, the man was healed from, 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 from his blindness, but, but God wanted to restore his vision as well. And I believe that God wants to restore your vision. And that's why he brought you here today. The second thing that I want you to see is that vision brings you help. Oh, this is good. This is good. This is good. Vision brings you help. You're looking for help for the vision that God has given you? I'm talking to my people who already understand you got a vision from God. It's something big on the inside. If your vision is not big enough to need help, you're not dreaming big enough. Ooh, I can't get no amens right there. Big J, I couldn't get no amens right there. If your vision is not big 
big enough to need other hands and other feet and other people to help you fulfill it, boo, you dream, you dreaming way too small. You got to grow up with your dreams. You got to get rid of those, oh, that low self-esteem, and you got to get rid of what you've been thinking, stinking, thinking, and start dreaming big again. Oh, my goodness. Touch your neighbor and say, you got to dream big. You got to start dreaming big because God's got something big in store for you. And if I can convince every person in this room that God has created you for something great, that he's put something big on the inside, and his vision has to be downloaded into you to, to, to fulfill the purpose by which he's created you for, I have done a good job today because I need you to understand that vision brings you help. Listen to this. This is how I can prove it. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse, verse 2 says this. It says, and the Lord answered me, write the vision and make it plain on tablets. Y'all hear that? The Bible says we should have iPads. <laughs> this is what the Bible says. I'm just reading the scriptures. It says, write it out on tablets. So, listen to this. This is why you got to write it out. You, you listening? So he may run who reads it. Can I ask you a question? If you have a vision, have you made it plain? Have you made it clear so the people that God has called to help you with that vision know where to place their hands? Oh, oh, I need you to understand that you got to start setting up opportunities for other people to come alongside of that vision and have a plan for the people who are coming to help you with that vision. You see, the reason why Courageous Church is moving forward and the reason we've been able to survive throughout a pandemic over 18 months, actually we've almost been two years at the end of this month, we'll celebrate two years because we were online for six months, we pivoted, we pivoted, we, we moved and we did something different in the midst of the pandemic and we gave every Dream Teamer digital responsibilities. Like, I got something for all y'all to do. Okay, I need all six of you on Facebook. I need six of you on Instagram. I need you on over here. I need y'all being the graphics team over here. I need, I need you to be the follow-up team. And we're going to create this email so people can uh, do follow-up over here. Then we're going to, man, listen, we found something for people to do. Why? Because the vision is greater than one individual. And when you write a vision, you got to make it plain so that people who are called to bring help to you can help you. And maybe you're losing quality help because you have no vision that is clear. Ah. Uh, you can be a dreamer, but don't live in your bed. If, if your vision remains in your head, then it's only a dream. But dream becomes vision when you get it out of your head, onto pen and paper, onto something that people can see, onto something that folks can understand, onto, onto something clear that, that spells it out so that they can understand where they're supposed to be, how they can help, how they can assist. You can't build a business without a business plan. You can't build a dream. You can't build a house without a blueprint. So how do you expect to fulfill the vision of God for your life without the right people around you and without the right plan for those people who are going to come along to help you with that vision? Uh-huh. I'm messing with your small dreams, I know. Listen, vision and sight are two different things. Sight is what I can see in front of me. Vision is what I can see out in front of me, out ahead of me. Let me say it again. Sight is what I see in front of me, but vision is what I see out in front of me out ahead of me. It's what I'm looking at down the road. You see, sight is what you can physically touch and, and right there in front of you. Sight is what I can see in this room right now. But vision is seeing the building next door six months ago when we brought you guys to this building here strategically because we had vision for this church and we knew that God wanted us to be somewhere in this downtown area. And so we had to do something and make sure we put people in alignment with the vision that we're making. You see, you can't even make the right moves right now and put yourself in position so you can get to the next thing that God has called you to until you've got a clear vision that you've written out. And when you have a clear vision that you've written out, then you can execute the way that God called you to and move into the things that God called you to move into and you can get the help you need to fulfill the dream. The reason why we've raised a third of this, of this money so far is because we've wrote the vision and we've made it plain. The reason why God is calling people to come alongside and help with this vision and you guys are making pledges is because you've understood the vision because we made it plain. I want to ask you something. Have you made your vision clear and have you made it plain? Have you written it out so people can see it and understand it? Have you written out your values? Do you understand what you're doing? I'm talking to my entrepreneurs today. I'm talking to my business people today. I'm talking to my owners of, people, of, of businesses today. I'm talking to my 
my future owners of businesses today. I'm talking to husbands and wives. Do you have a vision for your family? What's your vision? What's your vision board for your family look like? My wife and I sit down every year with our children at the beginning of the year, and we go over a vision board for our family. What do we want to accomplish this year? What devil are we going after this year? What generational curse are we going to bind this year? What, 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 what goals do we have academically this year? What goals do we have financially this year? And how are we going to accomplish that? We get our kids thinking about that early so they can start thinking about vision now. And I'm challenging you today. I'm pushing you today. God has put me here to activate you today so that you can leave this room understanding how big the vision is that God has in store for you. Somebody say amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is good. This is really, really good. This is good. Let me give you the third one. Vision creates restraints. Vision creates restraints. Come here, Brian. Let me get you, sir. Come here. Come on up here. Vision creates restraints. Tie this around your waist, the end of it. Just give me a a, a tie that up. Let me read this scripture to you while he's tying that up. Listen to this in Proverbs chapter number 29, verse 18. I said, vision creates restraint. So let me explain this to you guys. This is good. Okay. Proverbs 29 and 18 in the ESV says this, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. Did you hear that? The Bible says that vision creates restraint. What are restraints? I'm glad you asked. A restraint is a measure or condition that keeps someone or something under control or within limits. This is so good because I need you to understand that your vision has restraints. Oh, this is good. So because because you have a vision for your life, that means there are certain things you just don't get to entertain. Because you have a vision for your life, there are certain things you just don't do. Because you have a vision in your life, there are certain deals you just don't make. Because you have a vision for your life, there are certain places you just don't go. And so I need you to understand that I'm rep- I represent the vision and this is you because if you, if you tie yourself to your vision, if you are really serious about your vision, go that way. Try to go off the stage. See, see, the restraints will keep you from going too far the wrong direction. The restraints will keep you out of the wrong relationships. The restraints will hold you into what God has called you to do because it doesn't match your vision. And then when you try to get away from what God has called you to get away from, those restraints in, I love this because when I read it, I saw invisible strings. I saw, I saw, I saw invisible strings. I didn't even see physical. This is physical, but I need you to understand your vision becomes invisible restraints that keeps you in alignment with what God has called you to be and who he called you to be. So this is why you don't get content with doing everything and going everywhere and doing everybody because that's not the vision God created you for. So vision creates restraints. It keeps you within margin. It keeps you, oh, this is good. It creates invisible boundaries that you can't go beyond. You got a vision for your marriage, it comes with boundaries. You got a vision for your business, it should come with some boundaries. You got a vision for your life, young people, it should come with some boundaries. There are some things that I just will not do. There are some things that I just will not smoke. There are some things that I just will not sip. There are some things that I just will not go into. There are some relationships that I just will not entertain because it doesn't match the vision that God has called me for. You see, you gotta understand first and foremost that you are a saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, sanctified person that God has saved. You got to understand that 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 is true when it says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so because I'm new, I've got some new focus. And there's some new restraints that I have in my life that keep me within the margin of where I need to go. Because go around the stage for me. Just go around the stage. And when you go, try to get off the stage. I just want you, I want people to see. See, if he walks off the stage, he could hurt himself. If he walks off the stage, go forward, go, go to the front of the stage. If he walks off the stage, hold that down, hold that, hold that rope, because those restraints are important. Keep your hand on it. Yeah, we don't need no lawsuits in Jesus' name. Yeah, amen. If, see, but that could have been him going off the stage. That could have been him hurting himself. We can replace a fixture, but we can't replace you. So God is trying to keep you safe. You see, all my young people in the room, why 
I can't go? Why are, you, why are you always messing with me? Why am I always being bothered on the inside? Why, Holy Spirit, why are you always convicting me? Why am I always the one that can't go to the parties and having fun? Because God has a vision for your life. And if you get out of line, he's going to do something to pull you back because you're too important. What he created you for is too valuable. What he called you to do is too big. That he's got to keep you in restraint. Somebody say restraint. Thank you, sir. You did a great job. Wow. See, he's trying to create, when you have a vision, a vision keeps you restraint. A vision keeps you in alignment, in alignment with the direction that God has called you to. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because you don't want to waste energy moving in directions that he didn't call you to based on the vision that he created you for. When you spin your wheels over here, and over there, I'm talking to my younger generation now because sometimes we don't have the ability to exercise restraint as it relates to staying put and staying grounded and staying and staying where we need to be because this is why I'm going into my next point and because this is important. The, four, the fourth point and my last point is this. Vision requires patience. Vision requires a good deal of patience. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3 says this. The vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens until the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. I like that. If it seems slow, just wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Oh my goodness, I love this because I've got some vision. I've got some vision fatigued people in the room and you, you've got a vision. You know what the vision is. You understand what he created you for. And it, had not, it has not come to pass yet. It don't look like what you saw. It doesn't look like what you dreamed about. It, it's just a 20% of what you was expecting. But I'm telling you, if you sit long enough and you exercise some patience and allow the Holy Spirit to get you ready for the vision, you see, you, you, you're trying to run ahead, but God is trying to get you prepared. I love Joseph because Joseph is a great depiction of this. When you read Genesis chapter 37 all the way to about uh, 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 42, around the 50th verse, uh, something like that. No, no, no. Uh, 37 all the way up to about 50 is the life of Joseph. And what you see with the life of Joseph is he gets this vision for his future as a teenager. I mean, he has two bad-to-the-bone dreams. He's, he's, he's seeing himself large and in charge. I mean, he's seeing big things. I mean, it's really big, y'all. He is the youngest of all of his siblings, but God has given him a vision that he's going to be an overseer of them all and helping them all. And, and so he gets this vision, and his vision was so big that his own blood started to hate on him and, and, and start to be upset about it because he was dreaming so big. And so he, his brothers threw him into a pit. They cast him into a pit. And they thought that was going to kill his dreams. They, got, they thought it was going to kill the favor that was on his life. But he crawls out of the pit. He was pulled up by his brothers and sold into slavery. Now, I need you to understand what happens next. It's so important. And this is where I need you to take really good note because I need you to write this down and understand what Joseph does here. Joseph goes into a situation where he is sold into slavery in Potiphar's house. And Potiphar sees Joseph as a hardworking individual that is trustworthy, that shows up on time, that does everything everything that he should, that checks all the boxes. And the Bible says that Joseph gained the trust of Potiphar so much so that Potiphar took no thought for the things that were in his home. Potiphar was like a, a, a king under a king. He was, he was like a, a second in command under, under the, the pharaohs. He, he had a lot of, of, of things that were under his care. And the Bible says he took no thought for what he had because Joseph decided to see himself as a servant and not a slave. Joseph decided to see himself being taught versus being tortured. And I need you to understand that you're, you're moving into vision. You're moving to the vision that God has called you to move into. And just because it's taken a long time does not mean that you're doing something wrong. God could be preparing you. God could be getting you ready for what he's calling you to. God could make sure he's, he's, he's smoothing out those rough edges to make sure he gets rid of that bad attitude because you're going to run every person off that comes your way if you don't get rid of those rough edges that you have because nobody can work with you. And when people come around you, 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 you got some stuff you need to work on. So you hadn't done your therapy, you hadn't done your work, you hadn't done your self-care. And so God doesn't want to send the right people at the wrong time because if he sends the right person at the wrong time and you're not the right person, then you mess up the whole situation. And so God has Joseph in a situation where he's in 
in an incubator. He's, he's being incubated. He's, he's, being, he's sitting, and he knows that he's got purpose on the inside. Can you imagine how frustrated he must have been at times to think, my God, God gave me a huge vision for my life, and here I am as a slave? But no, he didn't see himself that way. He saw himself, he saw himself as a servant, and he saw himself learning. And the Bible says that he served as unto the Lord, no matter what season he found himself in. And I need to talk to some people right now about the season that you're in right now, and you see vision ahead of you, and you want to be impatient, and you want to uproot yourself, I want to tell you that if you sit and wait, he's going to bring it to pass. If you serve long enough and just bloom where you're planted, I promise you God opens up the next opportunity for you as you bloom where you're planted. But if you keep dancing along the tops of the dirt, and you for, and you never put yourself into, you got to put yourself all the way into what you're doing, and if you never throw yourself fully at what you're doing, you'll never see what God wanted to do. Because all you do is you're just waiting on the right opportunity. You're standing there. You're ignoring the people who can teach you something new. You're ignoring this, the, the lessons that God is trying to teach you. You're ignoring what God is trying to pour into you and build in you so you can be ready for the vision that he called you to walk in. I'm going to tell you something. I would have never been ready for Courageous Church if I wasn't faithful at the Potter's House. I would have never been ready for Courageous Church if I wasn't faithful in Kansas City. I would have never been ready for the vision if I wasn't faithful in Orlando, Florida. I would have never been ready for the vision if I wasn't faithful in New York. I would have never been ready for the vision if I didn't sit a couple of years at Bible College at Christ for the Nations. I would have never been ready for the vision if I would have just taken off and just jumped into it and say, God called me to be a pastor, and I did it without the training and without the season of sitting in the dirt and serving someone else. Ooh, this is good right here. See, this is unpopular Christian talk right here when you say serving another man's dreams gives birth to yours. I ain't scared to say it. It's biblical. You want to you wanna learn an anointing? Serve an anointing. You want to learn the gift? Go serve the gift. You want to learn a trade? Go find somebody who's doing it well and serve them. I didn't say serpent them. I said serve them. I didn't say go and be divisive. I didn't say go and be negative. I said throw yourself fully at the vision that you're sitting under. Throw yourself fully at the person that God called you and said that person knows how to help you to get to there. Throw yourself at them and say, what do I need to do? What do you need in my hands? What do you need me to touch in this vision so I can help you move this vision forward? And what you don't realize is that as Joseph was pushing everybody else's vision around him, he was preparing himself and pushing himself into purpose as well. And then he finds himself in prison. Oh my God. He finally got it going on. He finally doing everything right. Then, his, then Potiphar's hoochie hussy wife throws herself at him. My wife gets a kick every time I say that. The hoochie hussies. She throws herself at Joe. Joe, Joe. Mm, you sure look good, Joe, Joe. Mm, can I have a talk with you, Joe, Joe? Come and talk to me. I really want to meet you. The Bible says she, she, she came daily after Joseph, trying to get Joseph to sleep with her. But Joseph had so much honor. Joseph had so much integrity. And Joseph passed the test. And even after passing the test, he was cast into prison. Falsely accused, he found himself in prison. And even in that season, Joseph still found a way to be useful and to serve with his gift and to still blossom where he was. Oh, even in prison, he saw himself planted. Oh, my goodness gracious. I think that's a word for somebody watching right now. You're seeing prison, God sees planted. You're seeing torture, God sees training. You're seeing, you're, you're seeing, you're seeing bad circumstances. God says, I'm trying to get you to be spiritual. You got to change your perspective. Thank you, Holy Spirit. See, when you're walking in patience, you got to change your perspective about what's happening around you. You see, you got to understand that he who, had, he who had begun a good work in you shall continue it until the day of Jesus Christ. You got to understand that you can do all things through Christ that gives you strength. You got to understand that you are the head and not the tail. You got to understand that you are above and not beneath. You got to get your self esteem, spiritual self esteem together and understand that God has created you for such a time as this. And this is not the time to quit. This is not the time to throw in the towel. This is not the time to, to break down mentally. This is the time to lean in and lock in. This is the time to get in and in. This is the time to put yourself into whatever you're doing. And as you serve, oh my goodness gracious, 
I was serving in Kansas City, minding my own business with my head down. You see, I want to teach you a concept that I practice myself. Put your hands fully on what's in front of you, but keep your eyes out ahead of you. Because as long as you're touching it fully, you're being a good steward of it. But the moment you only touch it partially because you're trying to focus on what you see out there so much, you lose the opportunity for training and what God is trying to build in you so that you can sustain when you get to that. God is trying to teach you sustainability so that when he gives you the vision, the big vision that he created you for, you don't blow it. You don't mess it up. You don't quit before you get to the finish line. Oh my goodness, Father, Father, relieve this generation of the quitting spirit. That quitting, that quitting devil that comes over us after six months, that quitting devil that comes over us after we've just, we're, we've just been doing it a little bit of time and we're just mad because we live in this microwave generation and God is trying to train us to be a crockpot generation. This, 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 this thing that comes over us that says, I'm not being treated, I'm not being given the right opportunity, I'm not, I haven't been able to be able to in the right rooms. God, I thank you that you're killing that spirit of quit in the name of you. You shall not quit, you shall not give up, you shall tarry until the end. You're going to stay planted. You're going to stand firm. You're going to serve with no agenda so you can be promoted with no reservations. God is going to do something in your life that's going to transform you as you submit to the vision that he placed inside of you. And the vision requires patience. Who am I talking to today? Who's God talking to today? You'll win if you don't quit. You'll win if you continue to be optimistic instead of pessimistic. You'll win if you see the glass half full versus the glass half empty. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, do, I'm trying to help you with your Jedi mind tricks right now. Some of you play mind tricks with yourself and it prohibits you from stepping into your vision because you, you, you see everything that's negative around you. But God doesn't want you to focus on what's negative. He wants you to see what's positive. Stand to your feet. I'm closing. Today, we got a little bit of time as we close this service, so I want to pray for some people who have vision on the inside. I just believe that God has given me an activating anointing. I really do. And whatever vision you have, I don't care whether, whether it's for your family, whether it's for your career, whether it's for a, a, an entrepreneur effort, whether it's for the business that you're a part of, whether it's just for your life spiritually, I just believe that every single one of us, no matter how old we are in this room or people that are watching online, I just believe he's placed some vision inside of you. And I want you to see this final verse as I close. I'm taking you back in into the miracle that Jesus performed. And in the 26th verse, something incredible happens. Jesus told him not to go back to the village. He starts the miracle by taking him by the hand and taking him out of the village. Because you know, when God wants to do something big in you, he got to take you away from the crowd. Too much distraction. And then when he heals the man, he says, don't go back to the village. I came to tell somebody today, you can't go back. You got to go forward. Uh, let me make it more plain. You can't go back to the stinking thinking after today. You can't go back to the same crowds that you were around that were keeping you and prohibiting you from dreaming big. You can't go around the same people. You can't put yourself in the same mindset. You got to start reading something different. Start, listen, somebody, some of you need to turn the news off because all you hear is negative all the time and all you think about is negative. You need to see the world around you in a different way. So that means sometimes you can't go back the way you came. You got to come back a different way. And I love that Jesus tells him, he says, listen, your village was keeping you from being able to see it the way you need to see it. And I'm talking to people who have friend groups right now who don't promote the vision that God has placed in your life. I'm talking to the people in the room right now who have people around you that don't match the vision that God has for you. Let me say that again. I'm talking to the people in the room who, who, who have people around you who don't match the vision that God has for you. And so you got to make some bold moves after today and you got to do something to put yourself in alignment because God is going to activate something in this room right now. As a matter of fact, you're stirred and you feel the Holy Spirit working on the inside of you right now because he's activating the vision by which he created you for and you can't go back the same way you came thank you holy gifts you can't go back the same way you came the key to true vision is to be willing to take jesus by the hand and let him lead you away from the distractions that would keep you from hearing his vision for your life so i start with the same question i end with the same question i started with do you see anything Do you see a vision for the, your life? Do you see? Close your eyes. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Close your eyes. So grateful we have time. 
close your eyes. Eliminate distractions. What's the vision that God gave you for your life, for ministry, for your business, for your children, for your family? What's the vision? I want you to give God an opportunity to download in you right now because vision comes from God. Remember that. Holy Spirit, download right now. I pray for visions. God, I pray that your young men would have visions, your old men would have dreams. Right now, Father, I just speak vision, fresh vision, fresh, fresh vision, my God. Fresh vision, yeah, yeah. Rewrite the plan right now, Holy Spirit. Fresh vision for my future. Fresh vision for my family. Fresh vision for my wife. Fresh vision for my children. Fresh vision for the business. Fresh vision for my entrepreneur efforts. Fresh vision for my business partners. Fresh vision. Fresh vision. God, I thank you. The same God who's able to provide for the, the house of God. I thank you that you're able to provide for my house. Vision right now. Give, give me the right employees I need. Show me the team I need around right now. I just thank you. You're highlighting people and places and things. I thank you that you're showing geographical locations and things. Oh, I thank you, Holy Spirit, downloading business places and places that you can do business in, downloading business plans and things that you forgot about that you put on the back burner right now. I pray you would resurface that vision right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that people in this room right now would be activated in the area of vision. I pray that no one would leave this room visionless. I pray that no one that's watching online would leave visionless. Father, I thank you that the vision that you created them for is big and it came from you. My God, he told me to tell you that it's big and it came from him. It's big and it came from him. There is no shame in dreaming big because if it's big, that means that God gave it to you. I pray in the name of Jesus for the courage to obtain that dream, the courage to walk in that dream, the courage to go through the process for that dream, the courage to have patience to sit while God builds you for that dream, the patience, the focus, the tenacity, to make the hard choices to go to school when everybody else around you is not. The choices to find out what it takes to be the best in that area and do whatever it takes to train yourself to be ready for it. The patience to be able to sit for a couple of years if you need to so you can get ready for it. And Father, I thank you right now, every hand raised right now, right now, every hand raised. Father, I speak blessings over every vision that you've downloaded in this room right now every vision that is online right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray right now that you would activate the vision, that you would write the vision inside of every person in this room and make it plain, make it clear as day what you have for them, Father God. I thank you that there is not one purposeless person in this room that lives on this earth, Father. You created us all with a vision, your vision in mind. I pray that your kingdom would come. I pray that your will be done through these people that you've given vision to. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Somebody shout amen. Come on, put your hands together. Oh, you can do a little better than that. Come on, if you got vision and you know it, clap your hands. Nobody move, nobody get hurt. I want to sweep the room real quick. I want to be a good pastor before we leave here. I want to ask a very important question. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you are visionless. There is no way to have vision outside of God and outside of a relationship with him. You see, I was a young man who went to 16 different elementary schools, six different middle schools, three different high schools, and my life was a revolving door of rejection and displacements. And so I had very low self-esteem about myself and my future. But when I came into relationship with Jesus, oh, something happened on the inside of me. He began to make me believe that I truly was the head and not the tail. He began to help me understand that I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. He took me back to school and helped me be honest with my teachers so that I could learn how to read because I only could read on a, on a second grade level when I was in high school. And then a teacher took me because I was honest and I, was, I had a vision for my life. I knew that God wanted to do something with my life. And so I know I got to get myself together. I got to read the Bible. How am I going to read the Bible if I can't read? So I began to be honest and tell the truth because when Jesus came into my life, he activated the vision that he had for me. Every person in this room, if you don't know Jesus and you don't have a relationship with him, I want to ask you on the count of three, just wave at me. I want to know who to pray for as we close this service. If you're watching online, I want to pray for you too. But every person in this room, this is where vision starts. Vision starts by receiving Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. I want to ask everyone to respect everyone in this room by not moving right now. I really believe this is the most important moment in this church. 
in this service. If you need a relationship with Jesus and you're not ashamed to say, I need you, Lord. I need a vision for my life. If you're in this room and you need relationship with Jesus, hands up right now. Hands up. I see you. Thank you. I see 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 you. Anybody else? Today is your day. Today is your day. God sent you in this room so you could get your life right with Jesus. That what you feel like this thing isn't stirring inside of you, that's God. He's trying to get you prepared for the vision he has you for. But you can't walk into vision unless you receive him, unless you receive him, unless you receive him. Anybody else in this room, if you didn't get a chance to raise your hand, I want you to raise your hands now. Three, this is your moment. Don't you sit on that. Don't you let the enemy sit on you with shame right now. I promise you, every person in this room has made this choice. Two, this is your moment of salvation. Harden not your heart. God sent you in this room right now and you're watching online because he wants you to give your life to Jesus. One. Anybody else in this room? You need Jesus. Anybody else? Anybody watching online? You need Jesus. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. 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 Can you do me a favor? Can you be so bold to just meet me right here in the front of this altar right here? Just come stand by me. If you raised your hand for Jesus, just come down here. I just want to meet. I just want to be able to shake your hand. I want to be able to pray for you. I want to be able to pray for you. Anybody? I just want you to just come down. If you lay, you raised your hand. Hey, some of you need to get it back right with Jesus. You had a relationship with him. You lost your vision. It's not too late. Meet me at this altar. 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 Don't you get caught up in the clapping that you forget to respond. This is your day. Harden not your heart. God wants to set some things straight in your life. He wants to give you fresh vision for your future. And he's going to do that as you accept him as your personal Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Everybody stand right there where you are. I want you to stretch your hands towards my brothers and sisters as I pray for them. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says if you confess the Lord Jesus Christ with your heart and you believe that he rose from the dead, you shall be saved. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to pray a prayer that comes in alignment with that. And from this moment, I believe, I believe purpose and destiny. I believe vision. It's going to be activated in your life in the name of Jesus. I believe he's going to start speaking to you like he did me as a young man. He's going to start giving you fresh vision for your future and show you where he wants you to go with your life. I just believe that this is your moment where God's going to do something in your heart. Are you ready to pray this with me? I want you to repeat after me. Everyone in this room, I want you to say it with me so my brothers and sisters, they don't feel alone. We all said this prayer. Come on. We, I said it a couple of times. I had to do it a couple of times because I didn't do it right the first time. Anybody else in here? So we're going to say this together. Say, Father God, I need you. I need you to save me. I'm a sinner in need of grace, in need of forgiveness. Today, I believe that Jesus died for my sins. And today, I accept your free gift of salvation. And today, I give you my life. I give you my future. And I pray that you would download vision for my life from heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, somebody lose your mind in here. Thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear more messages like this one. If you like what you heard, please share with your family and friends. Don't forget to connect with us on our website at CourageousChurch.online. Courageous Church. Courageous People.